This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. When I look back on these 22 years, uh, I uh, look at the grace of God and the, that has made it all possible. Uh, I love to read of Paul's missionary adventures. Uh, I think any pastor and missionary uh, really relates to the Apostle Paul. I mean, he's uh, the very first missionary sent out by a local church in the, in the New Testament, Acts 13. He and Barnabas went out as a team. And as he shares his heart and his epistles, you see that, uh, that heart and how the, the, the real the struggles were and the challenges and, and, and how real the, the blessings were as well and how God's grace made it all possible. So I'm going to focus on Paul's testimony of God's grace uh, primarily, but we're going to look at three uh, passages here to start off, and all of them are tributes to the grace of God. First in John chapter 1, the apostle John, in John chapter 1 verse 14, speaks of the grace that has been brought to us in Jesus Christ. And he attributes to Jesus Christ uh, the the ultimate expression of God's grace, basically. Look at these uh, verses here in John uh, chapter 1, verse 14, 16, and 17. You can note how many times he speaks of the grace uh, of the Lord. John 1, 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, what? Full of grace and truth. Verse verse 16 and 17 also. And of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace, or grace piled up on grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And so he's contrasting the Old Testament and the New Testament and how Jesus Christ, uh, the, the balance of, of all of history, of fulfilling the, the justice of God, the demands for sin on, as he died on the cross, and uh, fulfilling all the law perfectly and uh, moving uh, his people into the age of grace, as we call it in the New Testament. And so uh, I, I love how the Apostle John uh, talks about that in verses 16 and 17. Um, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Look at that contrast. And so we rejoice today in the holiness of God. His law is perfect. Uh, but yet, there's no way we can complete it. We feel guilty every time we read it. But grace through Jesus Christ and how, as this individual saved by God's grace, uh, we receive the righteousness of Christ and his record becomes our record. And uh, even though we are unable to keep the law, we uh, have uh, the position in Christ. We're, we're united. We're at union with Christ. And so 
Uh, God the Father sees the perfect righteousness of Christ when he looks at me as one of his children. So celebrating uh, this wonderful grace of the gospel, uh, John, uh, there in John. Now, now let's move into Paul's uh, testimony of the grace of God in his life. Uh, let's move over to Romans 15 and his tribute uh, to God's grace. Uh, the title of my message is Grace for Global Ministry, and that's exactly what the Apostle Paul had, a global ministry as a traveling church-planting missionary. Romans 15, please. And let's uh, look at verses 15 and 16. Notice what he, what he says about the grace given to him. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles or to the, the pagans uh, beyond Israel, beyond the people of God, to the ends of the earth, to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the authoring up of the Gentiles, the nations, the those that, without, those that are non-Jews, that the offering up uh, of the Gentiles might be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. And so you can see in the, just in those two verses how the Apostle Paul attributes the, to the grace of God all that he is and all that he does in ministry. Uh, the Apostle Paul was very humble. He, he knew all that he did and was doing in that time for God's kingdom was not of his own uh, talent or power. It was purely the grace of God. And then he uh, uh, gives us another tribute to the grace of God in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. Notice this. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. Notice the grace of God in this part of his testimony. 1 Corinthians 15, 9. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet or fit to be called an apostle because I persecute the church of God, but by the what? Grace of God I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, Yet not I, but what? The grace of God, which was with me. So what is grace? It's that divine, undeserved favor, that help in the time of need. Uh, one uh, professor of mine uh, defined grace as God's ambulance of help in, in the, the exact moment that I need it. When I have no other recourse, I, 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 feel, I feel there's, there's nothing I can do. Obviously, if it weren't for God's grace, we would never accomplish anything at all. But there's, there's times in our lives when we feel really helpless, totally helpless. And that's when the ambulance of uh, help comes in, God's, un, God's favor and just uh, rescues us, blesses us, gives us the, uh, the, the, what we need, whether it's financial, physical, uh, mental, spiritual, uh, wisdom that we need to make the right choices, right decisions. 
It's all because of the grace of God. Of course, all that begins in salvation uh, by God's grace. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And so tonight, let's just look at Romans 15 and notice uh, what grace for global ministry really looks like. I'm going to give you three uh, evidences or, or three characteristics of the grace of God in global ministry. But first, I'm going to read to you a tribute to God's grace by uh, uh, a hymn author, a song, Christian songwriter named Dave Hamilton. And he wrote a song many years ago about the grace of God. Listen to his tribute to the grace of God. It's really, really uh, a blessing. It's kind of like a testimony of how he was saved. Life he says this, life carried me along. In my soul, I yearned to follow God, but knew I'd never be so strong. I looked hard at this world just to learn how heaven could be gained, just to end where I began, where human effort is all in vain. Were it not for grace, I can tell you where I'd be, wandering down some pointless road to nowhere with my salvation up to me. I know how that would go. The battles I would face, forever running but losing the race, were it not for grace. Then the second verse, so here is all my praise, expressed with all my heart, offered to the friend who took my place and ran a course I could not start. And knowing fully just how much his love would cost, he still went the final mile between me and heaven, so I would not be lost. Were it not for grace, where would I be? What a clear uh, explanation of the uh, essential grace of God. So, as I have, have mentioned, you know, Paul credits the grace of God for his gospel ministry to foreign cultures. Grace for global ministry. Um, it's one thing to serve here, spread the gospel in our comfort zone in the United States, right? That's one thing. But then you move that to a foreign culture. For the Apostle Paul, he would have said, it's one thing to uh, spread the gospel here in Jerusalem, in my Jewish culture. But then what did, what did God do? God moved him out of his comfort zone to take the gospel to the Gentiles, as we just read. And, and this passage, Romans 15, clearly demonstrates in, in this passage, Paul uh, mentions the Gentiles ten times in just about 18 verses. He mentions the gospel four times here in Romans 15. So what does this gospel ministry to a foreign culture involve? How is God's grace displayed in specific ways? Number one, God's grace is displayed in gospel ministry to foreign cultures in pioneering courage. Pioneering courage. And Paul makes that very clear, how that pioneering courage is demonstrated in his ministry in verses 16. And following, Romans 15, verse 16. Look back at that. Romans 15, 16. That I should be the minister of the Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, and the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable. Verse 17, I've, I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God, for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which 
Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, obedient to the gospel. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as, as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see and they shall uh, and they that have not heard shall understand. So he's saying, I've had the courage by the grace of God to go into these foreign cultures, going into a different culture, going to a different race. Uh, Illyricum, from Jerusalem unto Illyricum, uh, Illyricum today is present-day Serbia or Croatia. So think about it from you know, the middle, center of the, you know, the east, the Middle East, Jerusalem, Israel, all the way to modern-day Serbia and Croatia is where Paul went with the gospel some 1,700 miles before planes and trains and all the above vehicles. Uh, so pioneering courage, going to different cultures and races all over the world, uh, also by going to an unevangelized area. Uh, when we go into the heart of San Pedro Sula, for example, a very large urban jungle, over a million people in our city. We realize there, there's lots of churches all around, but lots of false gospel all around, whether it be Catholic, whether it be uh, Pentecostal. Uh, uh, false, the, go- the false gospel, salvation by works, uh, losing your salvation, just the false doctrine that abounds all around and we go into the inner city in the downtown church and find people that don't have a clue about what the, the good news of salvation through Christ is all about. And so we're going to where no one else has gone with the gospel in a large city, not just somewhere over in the, uh, what's it called, the 1040 window in Asia and in these areas where uh, there's uh, such a, probably even a greater need, but even in a field like Honduras, there's a great need for pioneering courage to go uh, uh, into these areas, dangerous areas. There's uh, gangs, and the, the gang banger na- neighborhoods are just you know half a mile down the road, but we're in a supposedly a healthy neighborhood in that poor downtown area. You know, so uh, you know it's it's. Pioneering courage. God's grace makes that possible. We've been there 22 years. My wife, born and raised there in one of the largest cities in Central America. And uh, up till about six years ago, the the most dangerous city per capita in the world for violent crime. San Pedro Sula, Honduras. You may have heard heard about that. Uh, It it has improved. It's no longer number one uh, per capita for violent crime and murder. Uh, probably down around number nine or ten, I think, by now, the last time I checked the statistics. But courage to go into needy areas. Praise God for his grace that makes that possible. And then uh, personal uh, compassion is the second uh, thing I've, I've noticed in Romans 15. The grace of God for global ministry uh, is, is seen and demonstrated in personal compassion. How is it demonstrated? Through the generosity with your time. The Apostle Paul here in verses 23 and 24 speaks of how he was personally invested in the lives of these people in Rome. 
look at verse 23. But now having no more place in these parts and having a great desire uh, these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. He was so emotionally invested and attached to these, uh, these folks all through Christ. And he, he loved being with them. He wasn't just putting in his time. No, he, he was all in. In verses 28-29, this personal compassion that he demonstrates. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. And I am sure that when I uh, come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Uh, So again, you see his heart being revealed and how he had a compassion for the, 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 the church in Rome as well as uh, many others that need to be saved. Uh, through generosity uh, with uh, funds, with, with money, uh, Paul speaks of this in verses 26 and 27. His compassion shown in how he gave sacrificially to meet people's needs, 26 and 27, for it has pleased, it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It has pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty also is to minister unto them in carnal things or material with money. And so personal compassion is seen in generosity with your time, generosity with your money. So not only uh, uh, pioneering courage, personal compassion, but the grace of God is seen in prayer commitments. Global uh, ministry by the grace of God, is greatly dependent on prayer commitments. Just like we just read of missionaries with, with specific needs that you are praying for. What a blessing it is to know that uh, God's people here are, are praying for us. Our partners back in the States are praying for us. And it's uh, so encouraging to, to, to uh, hear of that, to send our prayer requests, and then to be able to share answers to prayer with our partners here in the states how is prayer commitment presented here in romans 15 look at verses 30 through 32 prayer commitments verses 30 through 32 now i beseech you brethren for the lord jesus christ's sake and for the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to god for me that i may be delivered from them that do not believe in judea And that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and and may with you be refreshed. So Paul pleads, begs uh, for them to unite together with him in prayer. This is not a casual suggestion. This is a desperate plea for prayer commitment from his prayer partners, his prayer warriors back that, have, that know about his ministry. And so Paul uh, presents here this, the, the, the need for prayer commitment by pleading for them to do that. We have so many examples of Paul asking for the prayers of God's people. I think always, and I, I pray through this almost every day, Ephesians 6, 18 and 19, uh, where Paul has just... Uh, 
exhorted us to put on the whole armor of God. And then in, in the final part of that, uh, the prayer, the, excuse me, of the armor of God, Ephesians 6, 18 and 19, he says, and praying for me, notice I'm going to read that specifically so I get that correct. Ephesians 6, 18 and 19, after he says, uh, put on the last piece of the armor, he, he says um, in, verses, in verse 18 and 19, 1 Corinthians uh, Uh, excuse me, Ephesians 6, 18 and 19. I'm, I'm flipping over here too quickly. I'll get it. I'll get it. Here we go. Ephesians 6. Okay. There it is. Okay. I've got my old Bible here. And he says, Above all, take, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and pray for me, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So, here's this veteran missionary uh, begging for prayer that he can just have the courage to open his mouth, and proclaim the gospel to the regions beyond in those uh, cultures where he had never been before, uh, praying for open doors, for opportunity. So pray specifically like that for, for your missionaries, that they'll be strong in the Lord and have that courage, and that they will uh, have open doors of opportunity uh, to spread the gospel. Um, Paul explains here that prayer for missionaries shows love for Christ and love for the Holy Spirit uh, and back in Romans 15, verse 30. And then Paul reports of real danger and rejection, both from the saved and the unsaved in Romans, back in Romans 15. Notice uh, in, in the last part here, 1531. He says, Strive together with me in your prayers that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. He was facing real danger, real rejection, both from the unsaved and the saved. And so Paul very clearly shows us how the grace of God sustained him uh, and, and it was demonstrated in his life, but also how he looked at the prayers and partnership of God's people as uh, channels of God's grace to him. He depended greatly on God's people uh, supporting him in prayer, and not just in their financial support. Um, so, in our situation in, in Honduras, we face opposition from fellow believers at times, um, even at times fellow missionaries and pastors. Um, so, it is, uh, it's, it's, uh, no, it's no fun facing opposition from the unsaved, but even from fellow believers. At times, there's conflict. Uh, we're told by just the statistics of many mission boards that the number one cause of missionaries quitting and coming off the field is through, because of uh, personal conflicts with fellow laborers on the field. Uh, we've had 
disagreements and conflicts with fellow laborers on our field in the last 22 years, but by God's grace, we're still there. And uh, we need your prayers to uh, support us that, so that we will uh, re- remember our identity and our security is in Christ. It's not in um, being just like another missionary or, or perfect relationships, not allowing uh, attacks or criticisms to get us down, but uh, knowing that uh, we, are, uh, we are what we are by the grace of God, as Paul so clearly says here. In closing, I want us to look at 2 Timothy 1.15. And again, Paul, 2 Timothy 1.15. Timothy 1.15, and then we'll look at chapter 4, a couple of verses there. This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation. 2 Timothy, um, excuse me, let me make sure I got 2 Timothy 1.15, we'll get there. 2 Timothy 1.15, this thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. These are fellow laborers that once stood with Paul and now have rejected him. Some examples of the rejection he faced. Chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, 11. It says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he has profited me for the ministry. Uh, and Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus, 4, 10, 11. And look at verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. And we, we know of how Demas forsook uh, the ministry with Paul for love of the world. Uh, in our 22 years, believe me, we have seen the, the spiritual casualties of of fellow gospel ministers and uh, how they have, how Satan has gained a, a foothold in their lives and they've left ministry. Uh, and we've, as I mentioned, we've had uh, some conflicts with even, even national pastors. Uh, yet, by God's grace, we've been able to uh, see those relationships restored. When we first went to the field, I became the, the pastor of the mother church uh, and the, uh, basically because the national pastor that was left in charge uh, had to be disciplined uh, out of the church. Uh, you know, what a way to start your ministry. I was in my second year. I didn't even have Spanish down completely. And I started leading the church preaching through a, a translator, through an interpreter. Uh, it just... You just, you just never know the challenges, the trials by fire that you will face uh, from day one. But I can say, and my wife certainly could give testimonies to this, that God's grace is sufficient. And we're blessed, and we thank you so much for your friendship in the gospel. We're so encouraged by what we're seeing here for the first time at Good News with the VBS and all that we have learned about this ministry, the the mission's emphasis uh, of this church for so many years. I'd like to know more about that. These, I, I think someone said some 90 
missionaries as we look around all these pictures. What a what an encouragement that is. Uh, we know the phrase Nathan Frey back in this corner over here. Uh, we just saw him, in fact, at a, a missionary annual conference in Ohio. Uh, pray for him. You're talking about uh, difficulty. He just lost his wife, uh, I don't know, three months ago. Uh, he's making it by the grace of God. Pray for wisdom and, and uh, guidance in his life as he has to uh, make big decisions. He's Still serving in Brazil, but uh, doesn't know exactly what God will have for the future. But uh, praise the Lord. Uh, thank you so much for uh, allowing us to come in and uh, serve you. Look forward to meeting you and getting to know you better back at the table. Let's pray. Father, we praise you for your goodness and how your grace is sufficient. Uh, Lord, we know that many times as we pray for your intervention and for rescue, you just tell us, as you told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And when we are weak, if we depend on your grace, we become strong and stronger than we ever could be in our own flesh, in our own efforts. Lord, we praise you and we love you and we uh, offer this tribute, this praise to your grace tonight. I pray that you would take these simple thoughts tonight and drive them deep into our hearts that we might be applying uh, and uh, taking advantage of your grace right here and now in this community, in the ministries uh, that are going on at Good News, and that those here tonight would, uh, by your grace, get involved more and uh, consecrate their lives to serve you and to uh, take the gospel to needy people uh, moving into this area all the time. Uh, we ask your blessing on the pastors and the leadership team here. They may continue on by your grace and the Lord Jesus' name. Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.